High School Slumber Party AP is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party, head over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. slumbers who take their studies a little more seriously. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Isla Addington, and this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films. And your assignment today was to watch Honor Society from 2022. But before we chat all about that film, we have some homework to discuss. Absolutely. Please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now. Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, class participation. Very big part of your grade, so follow High School Slumber Party on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Participate. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you. So let's just jump into this one today, Aislinn. I'm excited to talk this one because you were so excited to talk this one on our 2022 uh, teen film review. So why don't you read the summary from uh, the good old Paramount Plus? Happy to. So for 2022's Honor Society, Honor is an ambitious high school senior whose sole focus is getting into an Ivy League college, assuming she can first score the coveted recommendation from her guidance counselor, Mr. Calvin. Oh, very like vanilla of a Yeah, and like that is part of what it's about, but I even think you could take the Calvin of it all. I mean, obviously the recommendation, you know, it hinges on parts of that, but like, I think you would take the Mr. Calvin out and it would be an interesting story, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And another shout out again to Paramount Plus. They really, they really, uh, not just in quantity, but I think in quality as well, uh, put forward a lot of teen films last year. So they made some interesting choices for sure. This is one that I, like I said, I was excited to watch because I know you, you know, seemed really happy to talk about this one. Uh, I'd seen the trailer. I wasn't, you know, I I thought I knew what it was about, but boy, you know, we'll get into it. So was the first time you heard about this movie for the rewatch we did or had you heard about it before then? So the way that I get Paramount Plus is through my Amazon Prime. And so I had seen as one could imagine, particularly someone uh, like you, Brian, who also has taught the algorithm what we watch, (laughs) um, I was getting a lot of ads for Honor Society through my other watching of Amazon stuff. So I had seen it advertised for a long time, and it was the way that that I saw the – at least the sort of teasers I saw in those ads were very much like – sassy smart teen they weren't going full like this is a sex comedy but a little bit like they they oh. put 
it was a real teaser, if you will, and and made it seem like she was, you know, kind of a, a I don't know, a little bit of a minx or something going, you know, and and our our friend Gaten from uh, Stranger Things was like, you know, an an shy nerd, you know. I mean, it just very much played that piece of it. There was nothing about the other students, any of that. So I had a two dimensional view of it. And I had texted you at one point because I was like, hey, I keep seeing ads about this. And then you said, oh, good idea. Put it on the 2022. And then when I watched it and realized really kind of all the choices it made, because it makes some big swings. And I was, as you can imagine, very nervous a couple times during the film. Um, I thought, what a great one for us to talk about. And I I thought it kind of um, hit some of your um, teen film buttons in terms of the Ivy League, in terms of inappropriate teacher, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was why I thought we should talk about it in long form. Yeah. And that's when I heard about it as well, when you put it on my radar. So, you know, so glad we could, you know, really deep dive it because this one off the bat, I'll just let you know, this was a pleasure to watch. Like I really enjoyed uh, this film. I don't exclusively, and and I I think you're in agreement. I, I don't think we should just cover like, all the greatest hits here because I, I i think certain films can be important and also fun to talk about if they're silly totally but there's been some silly ones that we really enjoyed why am i forgetting the, oh we did not enjoy this one but i i really enjoyed the conversation that what was the one about like the kids in that summer before college oh god yeah the senior it was like senior year but what was it Oh God! Yeah, no, none of us liked it. It was not good, except for except for the baby bacon. It was not great. Yeah. Oh, what was that called? Oh man, we don't even remember our own show. I'll find the name (laughs) somewhere. But sometimes those could be a real blast to talk about as well. We had a blast talking Tall Girl, and I don't think we were the biggest fans of that one. But excellent point. This film, Honor Society. Off the bat, I'll tell you, I am a fan. I love what it did. You were so correct, Iceland. It hit a lot of the notes that I talk about on AP and just High School Slumber Party in general. And then it swerved some of those notes. So I thought it's it eggs on you. Oh yeah, I feel like they listened to the show and like, no, nope, I'm going to write a movie. <laughs> so uh, I I was very very happy with this one. Not a lot of uh, press with this film. Which is sad. Not a lot of production notes I got. Almost almost nothing. Like, there's zero mm. IMDb trivia, which disappoints Well, that's too me. bad. Obviously, there's a director's name. Uh, Oran Zegman is her name, and I think she does a great job. Um, I wasn't I too familiar with her, her other work, but do want to shout her out. I hope we get to see more from her. But let's, let's skip to the cast before we get into this. And particularly our lead here, Angori Rice. Uh, she plays Honor. The titular character. The titular character, exactly. This movie breaks a lot of... Um, it's very funny and ironic because a lot of uh, the screenwriting things I've received, screenwriting tips I've received, come from my friends who ironically learned under your brother, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but a lot of the things I've heard is like, oh, never use voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's hard to master. Or like, oh, don't name a movie. I don't think this one came from your brother, but I've heard this one like, don't name a movie after the main character. You know. Interesting. Or another one was, don't start the movie with someone waking up for their day. Oh. This breaks a lot of those things. It really does. And I love it, though. Like, I think it does it so well. So 
you know, I'm on board with it, and I'm a big fan of Angoria Rice. I think I mentioned this either on our 2022 review or another time where she came up. I really fell in love with her acting on the uh, this film called The Nice Guys with mm-hmm. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, and it's like a 70s period piece. People loved that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that film, and she is amazing in that. She plays... Russell Crowe's daughter. She's so just spunky and fun and like intuitive. And, you know, it's one of these films where sometimes these cops don't know what they're doing, but she'll find like the mystery or the clue that they need to find in in these really adult environments, you know, plays on that a lot. I thought she was great in that. She was in the newer Spider-Man film, sort of a side character, but Mm -hmm. I think in the third film, they sort of expand that a little bit. So I'm glad to see something where she's like truly the lead here. Uh, had you seen her in anything before this? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I was aware of her um, as part of the Spider-Verse, if you will. And then in another film that I brought to the table for the 2022 review, um, Senior Year, the Rebel Wilson um, Netflix movie, she played Rebel Wilson's younger self. So in flashbacks, and that worked out because she is Australian, and Rebel Wilson is right Australian also. So oh yeah, sort of worked out that way. And so it was just sort of funny that in and that happened to us a few times. I think in the 2022 review that there were um, crossover cast, but it was yeah. I, I pretty much watched these back to back in preparation for that, <laughs> and so I had a big Angori Rice weekend. Yeah, so that yeah, I I agree. I think she she did a fantastic job and she really had to carry this movie, right? It, it opens with her speaking to the camera and, and she does that throughout and, you know, she is our window to the world. And if that wasn't convincing, cause you know, I'll be honest at the beginning as she's presenting herself as um, she kind of prevents her presents herself as, as very singularly focused on, She's got to get into the school. She got to get this recommendation. She got to get into the school. She got to get out. She is better than her surroundings is kind of how she presents herself. And I think that could, that can be tough to, to be the sort of voice of the movie and, and be potentially unlikable in quotes. Although I don't like that term that we use a lot for talking about female characters, but yeah, it had to, it had to be someone that was compelling that, that we could see there was more to her than what she was telling us. Absolutely. And, you know, spoiler to a question we'll ask later, but it reminded me of one of the most classic teen films of all time, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my gosh, uh, I have that written down too, Ryan. Nice, nice. See? Because it's true, right? Cause Great minds, you know, yeah. She's talking to the camera. She almost pre- is presenting herself as feeling, you know, better than the world she's oh, in. Oh, yeah. Ferris certainly does that. When you watch Ferris Bueller as an adult, too, you realize, like, this guy thinks he has all the answers, but he certainly mm-hmm. does not. He's a teenage kid. I got a little bit, and and we'll get into this as questions, too, but I got a little bit of Lady Bird from it, too. The way that... Good call, yeah. That's so, like, Sacramento-focused, and, and this you see the same surroundings, but you see them differently in the end than you do in the beginning, and there was similar here. Um, I know we're in the cast part, but I just want to because it has been a minute since we've done a conventional episode, we're going to talk about the twists and the turns, yeah? 
Yeah, this is not so, a spoiler free. The, the the recap was spoiler free, and that's why we didn't talk about it. But here we can, you know. Yeah, we are we are film analysis on AP. We need the spoilers here. We're going to talk about this top to bottom. Okay. Uh, you're right. If you want the spoiler free version, listen to our recap episode where we discuss this. But uh, if you're here, hopefully you've done your homework and seen the film. And yeah, you're ready please to watch kind of... it. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, wor- it's worth it. It's fun. Absolutely for this one. And I know we'll be bouncing around today, too, because I do want to talk briefly about the character of Honor since we're going there. I related to this character so much, and not in necessarily, like, the most obvious ways. Like, I wasn't necessarily... Because your guidance counselor was making passes at you as well? Exactly, exactly. No, Mr. Spatz, you were pretty good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I definitely felt above my environment in both high school and college. Unfortunately, I grew up an entitled male and instead of saying hey i'm above this and i'm gonna use this to get into a good school i was more like hey i'm above this but you know things will work out for me in the end of the i day, can just you know? coast yeah yeah i i can just coast but i and i know a lot of people don't like characters like this i love love and i'm drawn to i'm drawn to like conniving sounds too evil of a term but like Characters who think they have manipulative, manipulative. Yeah, I could definitely speak to myself, and I don't say this with pride, by the way. As a young person, I was very manipulative. I was manipulative of friends. I was manipulative of teachers. Like my way of getting by, it was again, and I'm not saying it was a lack of intelligence. It was just literally of just me not wanting to try. You have to be clever to get it done that way you know what i mean so so no one's gonna say that you're not intelligent so like i don't know why so um, more college examples are coming but like i i remember a couple examples like my girlfriend took this victorian literature class and really got along with the professor so i took it afterwards and really kissed ass the professor that way i was like oh my girlfriend Kelly, you remember, you must remember her. She said this class was wonderful, so I had to take it. And I would, I would have her like visit me right before a test, like, oh, like, are you enjoying the class? I'm like, yeah, the wonderful journey is worth taking, you know. Like it was, it was stuff like that. Wow. And you know, I wish, I wish I took advantage more of my academics. But another way this brought me back was both in high school and in college. I had sort of older people in my life and again this is a college example but i'm thinking of i was also working for my father in college and he would have me meet with like the bank manager about something and i remember meeting with this bank manager distinctly he's like oh how's school i'm like i'm in such a rush to get out of there like i cannot wait till i graduate you know and and i mean he stopped doing it he's like why he's like man I look back in college and I loved those times. He was like, take mm. advantage of it. And I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, I just need to get out of this place sort of environment. And uh, we see the character of Honor have a similar tact, right? Like she has like a beautiful world around her. Of, sure, but she's over it. But she's just over it. And I rarely see movies that talk about this aspect of like kids who just wanted to grow up so fast and... I certainly was one of them, and I guess that's my point. <laughs> you know, I had been so aware of my brother's college prep 
um, him being five years older. And so by the time I got there, as much as I was very academically motivated and, and a big nerd and all that, I knew that like Ivy League, whether it was grade related or extracurricular related or money related was like not where I was going. You know what I mean? Like show me a lovely forested liberal arts school in the Northwest and I'm, and I'm yours. Um, so, you know, some of that didn't, didn't resonate for me, but some of the, a little bit of the meta of her and her friends, I mean, I have always valued uh, female friendship, uh, but certainly there are times I think in, in high school and in beyond there where I sort of like honor does would take myself out of the situation and be like, Oh, this is how I'm supposed to react. Like, Oh, this is what they want me to do, mm. you know, to be a, to be a good friend or, or whatever. And so I, the kind of the meta of it all, uh, re- I resonated with, I'll be honest. I was really put off by how she sort of talked about and treated her parents <laughs> But that's not uncommon. And and it well, I don't think it was there weren't too many scenes of it, but like you understood that she felt again, kind of like Lady Bird, but but without so much of it being part of the movie, you just understood that she didn't sort of have respect for their journeys. But she didn't have respect for anybody's journey but hers at the beginning. And so that is one of the turns that I feel like the actress did really well was, you know, kind of by the end, instead of this, I don't know, like Dawson's Creek style, too old for their age, talking like an adult sort of thing. By the end, she really was like relating with her family. And I thought that, you know, so many moments were very successful. I thought that was such a successful kind of piece of the turn for her character to be able to do. Yeah, she's flawed like many characters, but the the turns in this are so great. And I want to hit on something you you said too about like seeing your brother's journey. Something I noticed from this, being the uh, oldest sibling of my mother was the oldest as well, so I'm like the oldest mm. grandchild on one side. I didn't have a lot of direct mentors like that, and I did not sure. respect my. I don't when I say I don't respect my parents. It's not like I was burning the house down. I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't doing things like that. But I was just, you know, I didn't really respect the advice of, of elders much. I, I kind of was a know-it-all in, in my own head. I wish I had an older sibling to go through those trials and tribulations. But I noticed that she's an only child here. So I wasn't an only child. Again, I have younger siblings. But I think it somewhat mirrors that. And I don't know why, but I was thinking about like the demographic as well. In many places, certainly I see it in New York, there are more and more like only children than ever because mm. I guess families are just getting smaller. So I'm just saying it more in a way that I'm... It's almost inconceivable for like an 80s teen movie to have oh, someone with a, without a sibling, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a precocious younger sibling. Right? So, like, this was pretty cool to see in that respect. Pretty uh, different in that respect. Yeah, so, like I said, I just really related to the Honor character in a lot of ways. Uh, What what did you think of her foil here? Uh, Is it Gaten it's pronounced? Gaten Mazarazzo, the the kid from Stranger Things? So, again, just based on the trailer and how the character is portrayed in the the trailer and in the first 
what, half, two-thirds of the movie, I was a little bit surprised. I was like, huh. I mean, good for him to be, like, the love interest. But it didn't, you know, they did a great job, I think, of hiding what his impact would be. And so, I mean, just so that we can talk about it, I'll just say sort of one of the twists and turns it takes is that we find out way toward the end that while Honor thought she was manipulating this nerd who came from uh, a foster care situation and, and you know, uh, she thought she knew kind of exactly who he was and was manipulating him, turns out he was manipulating her and at least from the socioeconomic piece of it, like he, you know, lives in this gorgeous giant house and the whole backstory he was made up and like he was sort of like the evil in quotes that she was set up to be, but she learned lessons throughout it and like he didn't. So all that to say, I didn't get it why this was his like, this is my movie role, obviously, until I saw it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's good at that because I totally believe he's a Goonies-style misfit because that's what he is in Stranger Things. But for him to then sort of show his cards, I was like, I get why this up-and-coming young actor reading this script would be like, oh, yeah, I'll do it because I get to, you know, turn the tables in this really surprising way. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was great for that. I had thought the turn was a possibility, so I'm not. I don't want to say I was like completely surprised, but I didn't think they would go there because I've rarely seen them do that in teen films. And then to top it all off, eyes on how many teen films growing up did you see that someone played a trick on someone, but they still fell in love in the end? Right. Oh, right. Thank you. That was one of the things I loved about it. Was that then they weren't, like, when she was done, like, she was done. And it doesn't even matter if any of his, you know, feelings were real or whatever. She was like, no, you lied to me. We're done here. Yeah, I I was so, I was so glad that they played it that way. Yeah, no, I, I was relieved in a sense because. That's a better word than glad. I was relieved. Thank you. <sighs> I, and I didn't know how they were going to lay on the plane here. Like, once that whole situation came out that, like, he was the one tricking her, I was like, okay, they, she could not be with him at this point. But there's, like, 20 minutes of the movie left. Like, what is it going to be about? And then it was Right, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, the appreciation for all her friends and all the other stuff that she's Right, done the community here. she sort of built despite herself. Right, Absolutely. because in her, you know, trail to in her in her mission to be the one because in this universe there is one person who gets this recommendation from the one connection that the ridiculous and inappropriate and predator uh, guidance counselor his one connection yields one recommendation per year, which is ridiculous and not how the world works. But so she's targeted these you know three people and Gaten is one of them but through her manipulation of the other two she like builds this beautiful community and I loved that it was in the theater program because that is where people find right we were just talking about Brooke Shields yeah and how that is where she found you know her people I truly loved how kind of honor 
learned lessons, and then won in the end, in quotes, without it being a romantic resolution. Just chef's kiss. Loved it. I'm going to sound like a super millennial right now, but I think it was a really Gen Z and cool choice for that to be the case. And also, again, this is just me in the high school slumber party brain and the other films I watch. It's really telling sign of the time that our main character here is both popular, pretty, and smart, and she's not a hated woman in this school, right? How many movies do we get with that, right? Like, if someone is is all three things, there's a reason that we have to hate her somehow. And you right. would think maybe we should because she is manipulating people, but... Right. And and we could, but she learns the lessons, right? And she starts to appreciate others for their strengths and learns that she's not the only kind of unique one. I really bought into kind of her her journey through it. There were two moments in particular that made me ridiculously nervous. And I was like, oh, man, how are they going to thread this needle? Would you like to guess at one of them? <laughs> Um, I think there's a couple here. Uh, d- does one of them relate to, uh, I hate to do this, but this is High School Slumber Party, McLovin yeah. himself, Christopher yes. Mintz Plus, who plays this guidance counselor, which I-, I could see how this character might disturb people. It should disturb people. I definitely feel like I knew teachers like this, though, unfortunately. Um, so what was the moment here that... Yeah, I mean, he's just aching there's to a lot blend... Of Right. And and she calls it from the beginning that he's like creepy and maybe she doesn't know if he's harmless or not. But, you know, he has this band and he wants people to come. And so then he's also manipulating students into like, you know, engaging with him outside of school, blah, blah, blah. He invites her to his show. And it yes, it was McLovin. And it was particularly around the um, the, you know, slipping him drugs. I don't like casual use of drugs that can be harmful to people i don't like casual i don't mean what i what do i want to say i don't like any sort of roofing of anyone but like I, it just made me so nervous and i was like what are they going to do here and what is she going to do with that when she, you know because it is a, a shift in power somewhat but with some scary consequences and a situation that like she when I say she shouldn't have been in, I don't mean she did anything wrong, you know, that he shouldn't have invited her, right? He shouldn't be trying to socialize with her. He certainly shouldn't be trying to have a sexual relationship with her. But knowing all those things and then putting them together at this bar and then adding roofies, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is going to be, how are they going to do this? I wrote that as my, I guess, like, you know, for a later segment, but like an element that I might have taken out. Because oh, I feel 100%. like if she drugged somebody, like so, uh, in particular her classmate, mm-hmm. then she's crossing a point of no return. This doesn't become a cute, innocent story here. This becomes like a serious crime. I agree. This is going to sound bad. She, yes, she was in this environment with this adult teacher that, he, you know, he was super creepy, super wrong. I still felt like the character had so much agency mm-hmm. that – this is not me defending the guy. But no, to to roofie him seemed like a more of a last resort move for somebody. 
And I don't know if at that moment it was quite the last resort. Again, wasn't there. It's a movie. Right. She didn't seem terribly reluctant to do it. Now, again, F this guy, right? He's a bad right. dude. So I did not feel bad for him. And if that was the only roofing potential incident, I would have just probably laughed it off. But when they got, like, when she's at the bar and she gets the roofies uh, from that, like, random stranger... I'm like, whoa, is this going to come to play in this film? Like, this just right. feels, it feels like we're That's, crossing a, a different line of cuteness, if that makes sense. I I agree. They, they changed the stakes dramatically for me and then changed kind of, yeah, what my, it, it really could have, they could have made choices that would have, for me, ruined it. And then I would have given it a different score in the review and I would not have suggested that we talk about it because if, if they had made different choices there, then I think the rest of it would have been like, well, whatever. So I, you know, it was a, it was a tight rope. The other one was, I thought for a minute she was going to out someone. Oh yeah. 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 In a way that was really malicious. And that to me would have been unforgivable that just for her own uh, achievement to set out to harm someone in that way. And, put someone in danger like so i i was really delighted and kind of how all that ended up working out and that even those two characters then later were able to kind of have a conversation about it and you know i don't know i i was i was real nervous i was like oh man if she just outs this guy like then i we this is not gonna be fun anymore well for the record i would still like to talk about that movie if either of those things happen because i <laughs> good point well, well one of my favorite movies to talk about is the movie where it's like ooh, this movie would have been great but why did they go there right sure. but I'm, I'm so much more glad that they did not go there I, I i'm with you there was a couple moments where look she she's mean she admits that she's doing these things to be manipulative but it never crosses the line and a lot of again the way stuff gets redeemed where you're never like you're not rooting against her Ever, but you're right. If she outed someone, I think there's a couple other moves that she really, really could have done. If it got, it's mean spirited at times. But if it got meaner, well, I feel like part of it is that when the other characters surprise us with the kind of multi dimensionality dimensionality of their lives, as you know, we become aware of them as Honor does, as Honor sees them, gets to know them, sees more than just kind of the stats on paper that she, you know, because starting off with they're just stats on paper and she doesn't really acknowledge them as full humans. The things she knows about them, she uses in order to manipulate. But then as she gets to know them, as she engages with them and they become kind of full humans, then we see the limits of her manipulation because they are also the main characters of their own stories. And so to me, it's kind of part of her learning that and learning to be in a community that kind of, you know, messes with her original plan because people aren't so simple as she believes them to be in that first monologue she's giving us. I don't know if that made any sense. It made sense. No, it, it absolutely makes sense. I think again, we can, we can do this sometimes, like even as adults, right? It, it could be in a work environment, right? Where you just 
don't give people enough credit as human beings. Right. Just write them off. Yeah, write them off, and you know, you you just don't appreciate your environment and their stories. I do want to get into some of these characters and these uh, elements. Um, as you mentioned, uh, there's a scholarship, or not a scholarship. There's a recommendation. She's she's after to Harvard, and again, it does acknowledge this movie thing. Like she does talk about other schools that you know <laughs> she she's looking at potentially get into, but for her. Harvard's just like the guarantee that she'll be out of that town. I'm okay with the fact that Harvard is her option because I'm okay with her delusion about it, right? Like, we learn later I that see. we don't even know what school she gets into. It doesn't matter. And you you feel like wherever she goes, she's going to, like, now she has the tools to find a sense of community wherever she is. I like how it, it doesn't matter anymore towards the end. I just felt like that was an acknowledgement, again, probably me reading too into it, an acknowledgement of that movie trope that there's only an end-all, be-all school, be school, and that's it. Oh, yeah, so there's four kids potentially up for this recommendation. Um, Honor. Uh, what is uh, the boy's name? Sorry. Oh, the, the other girl is Kennedy. Is it Justin? Travis. Travis. So it's Michael Tra- uh, Travis, who is a lacrosse, popular lacrosse guy. Uh, and uh, Kennedy, who, I don't know, the framer is just like, I mean, I really liked her, but like the weird girl, right? Like she right. makes historical clothing that she dresses in. And is just so focused. You know, it's yes. almost, uh, it's presented as almost more focused than Honor, but like, whereas Honor plays along with a social life because she's supposed to, <laughs> it's presented that Kennedy doesn't maybe have the opportunity or... Or whatever, people don't speak to her. She's very isolated and in her own world, which is, you know, kind of some sort of 19th century <laughs> play. <laughs> and shout out to another realistic thing that we've talked about being unrealistic in movies. This is not May or June. They make it very clear that it's at least the first semester. Yes, we go through time a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a... Uh, a process here it's, she makes it clear like oh this is the last semester where grades essentially will count towards college right we'll go through all of them really but of these elements of these three other characters we i think we touched on michael already so i guess the other two which one do you want to talk about first travis yeah let's talk about travis he's you know, he's presented to us as a jock with amazing grades and so her sort of ploy is to get well wait she's she has suspicions she thinks something is up but early on and they really oversimplify it which got me nervous like she's like kind of studying him and his girlfriend is like kissing him and he's looking at a guy's butt right yeah very oversimplified yes and so her sort of thought is if she can get him in with the theater folks that maybe something will happen and that will rock his world to the point that his grades will slip. Yeah, and uh, his father is like the lacrosse coach. Um, mm-hmm. I love the little flashback they do with the two teachers of, like, she's explaining why she doesn't want to get stuck in this town. It's these two teachers who, at one point, were and it, again, this is through her eyes, but these beautiful people with dreams and aspirations, and now they're chained to this high school essentially, which I thought was a uh, pretty funny. 
again, I recognized the two teachers in here and the guidance counselor. Like, I could say that they were definitely teachers in my high school who profiled like them. But the the particular uh, Travis's father, lacrosse coach, he's super intense. He's super about Travis getting to practice, like being into lacrosse. He doesn't seem very fond of him when he eventually does join the play. I thought, again, this could become very tropey. This could be Absolutely. something that you could see out of Glee. And it didn't really go there. I mean, I thought it was just played masterfully. Uh, what were your thoughts on like just his whole angle with the theater and... I don't, I don't want to say self-discovery, but I don't know. How, how would you? No, I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. That that it turns out that the father is supportive. And I, you know, to me seemed like, well, any anybody might want to make sure that this kid gets to practice and all that because maybe lacrosse is his ticket out, right? Maybe his ticket isn't this recommendation or whatever else. You know, maybe his path is different. But that... I yes, I thought it was going to be tropey. I thought there was going to be potential violence between father and son, but that that wasn't what it hinged on was just and, and the way that that kind of again, I think I've already said it, but the way that honor learns about the complexity of people <laughs> by watching this plan go sideways. Yeah, I was just delighted by, especially I think because I had been so nervous about the potential outing um, and the relationship between the father and son. Yeah, and just Travis's discovery in, in in the theater of just finding something else he sort of loves and being more open about who he is. I don't remember the character's name, um, but the, the gentleman who appears to be the director and ends up uh, playing... Um, Mary, Queen of Scots, is it? Or, or one of the Marys? Yes. And it's that community he finds. And I also love, I thought they were, I thought the two of them were going to like be portrayed as this like romance because they were in the play together, acting and kissing. And I mean, maybe that's there, but they actually just seemed like they just were more friends and became more allies. And, and that the, the kid who was on theater who was out really gave him more of the courage to, I guess, come out to his friends and again, his family and his father. And again, I love how everything wasn't about the romance of the situation. It just, this is a movie about friendship ultimately. Yes. And that really all of them, all three of them, Travis, Kennedy and Honor, and maybe this was wrapped up if I had a critique like a little too much in a bow of like that they all were able to find this amazing community in the same place. But for the purposes of the movie and and for the zag of where I thought it was going to go, I was like, that's awesome. Because that is, I mean, those were the spaces I was in. And that that is the place I want to go, right? I want to, after, after the play, everybody come to my house and we'll play dumb improv games, you know, and drink soda. Because <laughs> we weren't drinking alcohol in, the, you know, late into the night at my house. You know what I mean? Like, it was so familiar and the kind of the all what all are welcome style community was was refreshing especially when put next to what this started off as as her kind of like sniping off competition but ends up being this community yeah and kennedy her story is also very cool too because she has written this play and it ends up being like something they all really enjoy doing. And you would never imagine like how this movie started that 
Kennedy would sort of be this full, <laughs> this fulcrum of this artistic community that that comes together. What was the play that they were thinking of? Oh, Spring Awakening. Yes, which I love. To be fair, I love Spring Awakening. But You've yeah, recommended it on point, the show before. I probably have. Um, and I thought it was interesting too that in terms of Honor's plans. Really, her plan worked best with Kennedy, right? Her grades did fall because she was, you know, creating period replica costumes and and was rewriting and was so engrossed in this. And so when it in the end turns that honor blackmails, <laughs> rightfully so, blackmails um, Mr. Calvin into giving honor the recommendation and not michael or honor sorry giving kennedy did i say it wrong giving kennedy the recommendation instead of honor or michael um i thought what a i don't know it was just it was interesting to me that her plan truly worked for that character and then i don't know that she felt guilty necessarily but like almost makes up for it being her plan by getting the recommendation for Kennedy, if that's what Kennedy wants. Maybe Kennedy would go somewhere else anyway and just like the recommendation is meaningless moving forward. I mean, that I would say that's my other problem with it is that like Mr. Calvin just keeps getting to be Mr. Calvin. Yeah, that I, I did have that critique of like she should definitely report Mr. Calvin because you don't know if he's going to hurt other students this way. I mean, look, I'm not making again, she it's her own choice or whatever, but it is interesting that the movie portrays it that way i get, I, don't, I just don't think they wanted to go there because it's such good feelings towards the end and even though he does not deserve to be at that school like a scene where they're taking him away for those reasons is pretty dark i bet his contract just wouldn't get renewed or something yeah let's hope so uh, but just just back to kennedy quickly i love when her grades are falling and she has that meeting and Yet she, um, you know, when she walks out of the meeting, she talks to Honor. She's like, thank you. This is like the best thing that ever happened to me. And what was great about it, it felt earned at that point. It felt redeemed. You saw that character completely break out and completely, again, feel like she was a part of this community. So when she said that, it wasn't, it didn't feel as convenient as it could have for me Mm -hmm. because we were witnessing it. That's a good that's a good observation, I think. You know, this is like like a I think an hour and twenty seven minutes. It's it's a really nice breezy it's a tight, length. Tight ninety five, yeah. Was there anything with the Michael stuff that we should get into more? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, so so Weta when early on when she just thinks that he's a shy nerd who no one likes to talk to, which is kind of true. I mean, we don't he he when he you know monologues his side of things it's a little bit different but i was also a little bit uncomfortable with her sort of faux seducing him i don't know like how how i don't know what were your thoughts of like okay so um they're lab partners and you know she invites him over to study sort of to distract him and is dressed differently and presents herself differently and like is flirting and stuff yeah what i don't know what did what were your thoughts on that storyline i mean i i liked it because also of where it where it ended up 
like when I see some of all the parts. I don't know if this is a hot take or it's going to sound weird coming from someone my age, but I was really glad that it didn't push all the way and they ended up having sex or whatever. And we had that like, sometimes it works, but sometimes I really hate that moment of like, someone took advantage of someone to that that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just glad it didn't also cross that threshold. Again, this movie dances on these lines. Right. It was, it was absolutely an emotional betrayal. I'm glad that there wasn't an additional like physical betrayal along with it. The way that he pretends that the mansion is where his mom cleans and, and they have this literal like whirlwind through there because being afraid that people are coming home. And and that I thought when you see that in reverse or they show you kind of the other side of it and how he um, manipulated things so that it didn't look like his house. I don't know. That was That was impressive to me. I felt really shitty about the family he pretended was his. Yeah, awful. Like he's just – they do such a great job of like turning him to having no sympathy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, like in that house, like we're almost tricked watching as like oh, you know, yeah. watchers of teen films as well too, because how many of them have a whimsical little thing like that, a scene like that? We're like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. You know? So I thought that was really fun at first. And then when you find out like the meaning of it, again, so shitty what he does, but uh, honors like self-assuredness and just lack of respect at, at a lot of points in the movie for other people's quirks and intelligence makes it believable that she would fall for something along those lines, right? She's not walking in that house suspicious. She thinks she's more clever, we'll say, than this right. guy. She thinks she has the upper hand exactly. all the time. And she doesn't even think he's playing the game. Right, so that sort of, you know cuts her peripheral vision because she's so focused on her goal that she's not yeah like you're saying she's she's assuming she's the only one playing at that level and the movie does a really good job of making this whole thing again maybe this feels very gen z movie-ish as well like the nerds geeks whatever you want to call them as they would call like an 80s film they're not painted one way as all losers or all bad right the popular kids are not all bad popular kids. Um, I did feel bad f- at, at times for uh, Justin's girlfriend. Yes. Like, that was a character was like, oh, no, you know. I, I don't know why. Like, when it's revealed that Michael has been doing this, I believe it. Like, I believe that there are... It just feels like it's believable that people are so determined because Honor was not to that level, but at some point so determined to do all these things where I'm like, huh, you son of a bitch. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, was just, I was just mad. You're so right. They they leave him in a really good place where he's just non-redeemable yeah. and that's totally fine. And I think the other piece of that is because he turns, you, you see him being such an asshole and like you say, not redeemable in this story that then that allows you to recalibrate. Not only has Honor learned things and is different, but then you put it kind of even next to some of the stuff she did. And it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it, I think it helps redeem her even more. Yeah. And I think the friends pointed out at, at some points too, like, Hey, you could have, or he points it out, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's like, you could have done this. You could have done that. You could have like, I don't know if they used your outing example, but she could have outed the right. guy and and ruined him that way. But I guess she just didn't have it in her. I don't know. And I, I mean that in a good way. Like ultimately, she is a, a good person. She is someone people likes and like and. It's not because she's putting the facade. People actually like like her as a person. Um, that's right. why in my notes, I really loved her like mean girlfriends. They were one note as a lot, of, or they could be perceived as one note as a lot of like mean girl characters could be. Mm-hmm. But I like how they didn't. There was never a point where they turned on her. There was right. never a point where there was like a lot of tension between them, which is refreshing as well. Because usually, when you're fake friends with those people. Mm-hmm. They abandon you at some point. They get mad at you for abandoning them. I've just watched so many movies where that happens. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this really does um, subvert in a number of, of different ways that it, and that I think is very successful at, let's say, most of them. Even if it wasn't successful in as many of the places as I think it was, it would still be refreshing. Yeah. No, absolutely. I have a question for you, though, as I go through my notes. Okay. Were you happy that... Uh, the play was a surprise musical. I, that was the other piece that as I was getting, as I was preparing for the year in review, I was like, there are too many things that I want to talk about (laughs) that we're not going to be able to talk about in the short version. But like, of course I was, of course that was amazing. Of course I have rewound and watched that part multiple times. Uh, I loved it. I love. I mean, I just loved it. To be clear, the film is not a surprise musical. The play they're putting on, which looks like this yes. like dour period piece, ends up being this like fabulous sort of musical. Here, would you watch this musical? Hundred percent, I would. It did remind me a little bit of another place where we've seen some of these themes. Is not a film; it's a uh, a series. But Netflix's um, Sex Education. Which, mm, yeah. if folks haven't seen, it's so, so good. And there is a part where a student puts on a play and there's a very popular jock that's in it. And then it turns into this, like, erotic space odyssey <laughs> musical that's just literally too much. And, like, no student group would be able to pull it off. But it it, it reminded me of, of the one in this. And so, yeah. I mean, to me, that was just icing on the cake of, like, yes, this this movie just – wiggles and turns in all these ways that that I thought was was just really really satisfying. The only other thing I had in my notes toward the end was and I think we've we've talked about this but the other way that it sort of kind of ladybirded again for me was when she's with her parents and her dad has completed his construction project in the the porch gazebo i don't don't know the right word but um, they say deck sometimes they say gazebo sometimes it's yeah but that he's you know this and i i don't know i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it but in the way that she had this goal that she was working toward like she then sees other people can have different goals and like she is proud that of her parents and and their perseverance and kind of you know is able to relate to them in a way that she wasn't open to earlier. And I definitely can recognize that as in my young adult brain, like not actively trying not to relate to my parents or other adults 
that like, oh, what I'm doing is different or what they're doing is not interesting or whatever else. But then that kind of realizing that people are just people and that, I don't know if it's a reconciliation, but, um, but I, I just really liked that shift to respect and admiration that she didn't have any of at the beginning. It's, it's so interesting. Just like that. One of the big milestones of growing up. Right. And for better or worse is when you realize your parents are just people. That, that's a whole podcast in itself. hundred <laughs> um, percent. And again, she has that realization and in this, it comes off as very positively. You're right. Uh, it's the mother too, who, she essentially, and not in like a nasty way, but when her mother asks her about how things are going with Michael and she reveals that it's over and she's like, yeah, I kind of had a feeling about him. And she's like, why didn't you say something? And I said the same thing. And she's like, you didn't notice me interrupting you guys like several mm-hmm. times. That was amazing. And I was like, oh, duh. Like, that's great. You know? Right. So even even when she was being shitty, her parents were still there supporting her. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I love the elements. The, the elements with the parents. Yeah, when they're not just doofy parents, you know, which I think maybe was more of a hallmark of past. You know, I think we make a lot of jokes about um, whether it's movies or, or TV series in the past where, like, parents were non-existent. Yeah. And even, like, you know, I mean, I think of even things like Stranger Things that sort of pedals on that a little bit of, like, these kids can be out on their bikes at all hours and there's no parents and or that the parents are completely unaware of what's going on. And so, yeah, I, I thank you for reminding me. I love that little, like, yeah, we, we know it's up. We, we're people too. And we get feelings about, we get gut feelings and like we have intuition and we know it's up. And, and speaking of the parents, I thought it was, um, we sort of danced around this as well. I thought it the, uh, class elements are interesting in this film too. Uh, it's playing with our emotions as well. We see, I was like, what's her name? Honor, obviously. We see Honor, and she's drawn into Michael being an orphan. She starts to feel bad for him. But if you just analyze her family situation, look, they have a lovely house, but they're both, like she said, her dad has three jobs. Right. They're certainly working class, yeah. Yeah, they're working class people, and it turns out, again, they're not... It's not like all rich people are bad, all poor people are good. I'm not saying that, but like it turns out when his class situation is a bit different. By the way, his mom seems lovely. It doesn't seem like this came from his family necessarily. I don't think we have to say that. I mean, he's a monster. Uh, so I hope that she at least knows the extent of his capacity for monster monstrosity. It's pretty cool in that respect that it's also... This movie does so much playing with audience expectations. and For sure. And not in like a silly horror film kind of way. No, it, it helps us to question our, not only our expectations, but our, like sort of our stereotypes and kind of where we, where we place empathy and where we don't. Yeah, that, that's a real, that's a really, really great way to put it. Really quickly, maybe this is nitpicking. Um, at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about facebook a lot and it didn't feel oh. like that was like relative but then later in the movie they make a joke like oh facebook's for old people but it's like you were just saying you were communicating on facebook and you posted it on facebook so inconsistency there small yes ding, you're right but... inconsistency yes <laughs> was there anything else that really uh stuck out at you that you wanted to mention before we got out of here i'm trying to think i think that was my that's all i have written down um 
but yeah, certainly uh, if folks haven't, if you've gotten this deep in the podcast, I hope you've seen the movie. But um, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one to watch. I don't know. Like, let's get into our questions because a lot of what I, I want to say is going to be spoiled by these questions. Uh, <laughs> my turn to read. And I, I guess what okay. I was about to get into is who was this movie made for Iceland? God, that's such a good question. I mean, we as ancient millennials enjoyed it thoroughly. I do think Gen Z, I think current high school, college students would enjoy it as well. The way that they marketed it, it seemed like it was marketed for younger folks than us. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I think this is one that teens would really, really enjoy. That's not probably for us to say, but we're, you know where you're saying it. I think adults will enjoy it, but I think we particularly enjoy it because we have been studying this genre a lot, That's true. right? I think a lot of the things that have that tickled me were again things that I recognized from other films. I think anyone who enjoys movies like this though would enjoy it. So this is firmly an everyone film. And I don't even think like is it for someone who's younger than high school? No. no. But I don't know if there's anything in here that I would like really want my child to shutter their eyes with, right? Like it just might sure. not be for them, but this film like I said, it dances around lines. It doesn't cross the line. The closest thing is that roofy thing, though. Yeah, the inappropriate teacher is is certainly mature. And it, uh, we didn't talk too much about the cast because I have to say this cast is not a lot of known names here. But I, and I think that it, that's a good thing. I think um, they casted like like I thought the parents were great. Yeah. A lot of movies, as we know, will use this as the cameo opportunity. But the cameo opportunity here, I think they used really well, was McLovin again. Sorry. Sorry, Christopher Mintz plots. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he must know this. He's made money on this. He's so goofy that even when he was scary, it still reminded me this movie was a comedy. That's a good point, yeah. And so if you're going to make a character like this, I think they did it. I reluctantly say this in a in a better way than it could have been. Sure. So so yeah, I just want to shout that out. Is this based on YA? I don't think so, right? It's it's not. Um, although when I look at the writer of it, it just it's not related to your question, but just sort of as a point of interest, he's deep in the Seth MacFarlane universe. Oh. So um, he's listed as a producer and showrunner for the Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's star trek style yeah. show which is i have enjoyed i'll be honest i i have grown out of my any affinity i had for family guy long ago <laughs> but um i have enjoyed as a person who grew up watching star trek i have enjoyed the orville but so yeah not ya uh but certainly in the culture commentary business i would Say? Well, I think you did a really great job uh, with with this screenplay. It didn't feel like sometimes again when when you write these screenplays as an adult for teens, you just throw so much. Right, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, 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 so much analytical wordplay. This was light and, and fun, yet it felt sophisticated at times. Um, it was compelling. It was such a breeze to watch. Bravo to this gentleman and the director as well. Dead teen or parent? No. I thought so. I thought so when he was a foster kid. 
but no. <laughs> no, a, a facade, a disguise. <laughs> All right, let's get into the ones that count. Iceland, most likely to <laughs> succeed. Which character won the movie? I mean, on I am delighted to say that Honor won the movie. She um, learned lessons. She learned to enjoy other humans. She grew some humanity and some perspective. And really, what else can you ask for? Isn't it great, too, when you could make a left, make a right, and find multiple winners here? I was just going to say, yes. I, I there are, There's a handful of people that I would could agree with or i could i would sign their certificates as winners of the movie but um i put my money on honor what about you honor as well but certainly travis and kennedy get some Mm -hmm. wins here uh the whole the whole school for being able to experience that theater yeah it's a good theater program how about a shout out to that lgbtq organization who finds out about it and decides to broadcast this this play Overall, yeah, a lot of winners here, which is great. Community all around. Wooderson Award. Is there a character here you would have liked to have seen more of? Anyone you would highlight a little bit more than the film did in in its 90 plus minutes? So I have a couple pieces here. I think even just like the theater group itself, I wanted to hang out with that group more. But um, I think Kennedy, I think I would love to see if this were a series I would want to see the Kennedy specific episodes or if kind of the uh, a movie from her perspective, learning more about what her life was up until this point, which she says is the best thing that's ever happened to her. So um, yeah, I, Kennedy is for me. That That's great. That was actually my choice as well. Side note, you reminded me of something that blew my mind and I can't tell me I, I've done 200, 300, I don't know films at one point uh, honor says, I've spent a quarter of my life preparing for this. And I'm like, wow, what does that mean? Oh, like four years? Oh, my God. When you're in high school, a quarter of your life is four years? That just gave me so much perspective. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a good point. A quarter of our lives is around a decade, we'll say. Closer to 10 years, yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, perspective right there. Luckily, we don't look a day over 25. (laughs) Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character or element that you would eliminate from this film? If you had to streamline it, what would you take away? 100%. We, we talked about this um, from the beginning. Although it would change things in the movie, I think you could get, you could have this movie without the sexual harassment from the guidance counselor. I'm picturing like a Jerry O'Connell playing the guidance counselor and it's just something different it's not sexual advances it's maybe he's terrible at his job maybe he has undiagnosed ADD and he can't focus and she has to you know there's something else going on as it relates to or maybe it's an award not a recommendation maybe it's just truly down to the points and the and the grades or what have you I think we could easily between the two of us manufacture something um with our vast knowledge of how movie high school works um to get us to the bulk of this movie without having to have another educator 
trying to take sexual advantage of a student. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I, I do like uh, Christopher Mintz Plus, and I, I kind of like certain elements of this character. Not that I enjoy them like as a person, but uh, if I were going to rewrite it, which I just I know I just complimented the writer, but I think yeah, I would take out the sexual harassment elements, and I think I would make him more just someone who went back to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, a- as an educator and never quite got out of that high school mood of... Right, still wanting validation from high school students. Exactly. And I think you could accomplish the same things of like, oh, check out my show. And it's not necessarily him... Like, I agree. You know, it's, yeah, you know, coming on to her. It's more like, I want to be friends with these people. I think that's yeah. creepy enough to continue the story almost exactly the same way. That's a good point. Yeah, I think... Yeah, we could easily solve it a different way. Ooh, uh, you know, I love this question every week. Our extra credit assignment. Ooh, yes. If you could recommend a classic teen film to a character in the movie, what film would it be? What character you're recommending to? Can't wait to hear this one. Uh, As this movie zag, zig and zagged on us a bit, I'm going to zag on the question a little bit and choose a cut-too-short television series. And I'm going to recommend that Honor watch my so-called life. Nice. Especially as it relates to this idea of understanding your parents as humans, which I know we get to a little bit with her in this story. But yeah, I think I think she would benefit from seeing that like in every generation, there's a narrative of someone that thinks they're the only one thinking these thoughts. <laughs> nice. I love it. What about you? So I I mentioned this one before, but I picked Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I want Honor to watch it because I, I want her to... She works very hard, and, and I appreciate that, but she's smart enough to game the system and get a day off. She's Ooh, earned that as well. that's a great point. I didn't... I see you zagged on me. I didn't <laughs> see it that way. That's a great point. Use your powers to your own advantage. Yeah, you don't have to put the pedal to the metal all the time. Sometimes you need it's a little... not all achievement-based. Yeah, you need a little R&R. And I, I think she learns that throughout throughout the movie. But, you know, I'd like to see her and a couple of the friends she's made, you know, go out in the city and have a good time for a day. So that was why that was my I recommendation. I love it. That's a great one. Big question now. Report card grades. And frankly, I didn't hear a lot of people talk about this movie... I want more people to watch this movie, but I was refreshed to see that it did get some pretty positive scores overall. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 85% by the critics, 79% by the audience, 3.4 on the beloved Letterbox, which we know is a really good score for a teen film. Great score, yeah. But this is AP. We got a grade with the red pen and, and the old you know, Manila report card cards, right? A plus to F scale Eisen. What will you grade Honor Society? I am going to give it a solid A. Like the like a 96%. You know what I mean? Like it's a full A. It's nowhere near an A minus. I don't know that it would be A plus. Again, just because of some of the things that I've mentioned. But I think there's ingenuity in this story and and uh, areas that were refreshing and really surprised me. And I loved this idea of this character that when we started, we weren't sure if we liked her. We weren't sure if she was a good person or not. And like she grows and we see that growth 
in the through the course of the movie while also enjoying the world that's built around her. So I give it an A. I feel like we're in very much agreement today on a lot of Which things. Which I didn't know if we would be. I wanted you to watch it because I was curious. I I could see you coming in with all the movies you've watched and being like, yeah, it's fine. So I'm delighted. No, I, I, love, I love this film. I love the progression. I gave it a solid A as well. Is it perfect? No, but I definitely see this as the natural, a natural successor to the great teen films of yore. I don't think we are in an era where teen films are making a lot of noise. It ebbs and flows. I think a couple years ago, teen films were making more noise than they are today. I think we're in... Well, we know someone's making noise about them. Oh, yes. I was like, who? <laughs> um, Our good friend, Seth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. He's not Just happy. I don't think he would like this one, to be honest with you. But, oh, I don't know. His friend's in it, right? Uh... That's true. <laughs> so maybe he would. But it was also the the element we liked the least. So <laughs> regardless... Um, I think this belongs in the conversation with other uh, great teen films. And and, and when I say teen film, I, I specifically mean films for teens. I hope young people are watching. I just don't know the reach that Paramount Plus has right now. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of it. And I hope that, you know, the future of streaming. I mean, it's where it's where you watch Drag Race All-Stars. 100%, right? So maybe someone's watching Drag Race and this pops up in the feed and they watch it and they enjoy it. I hope this movie has a slow burn that more and more people notice it and watch it because, again, I think it's a very good movie. So many teen films that are considered classics do not get A's on the rewatch, and that doesn't mean they're bad. They're still fun. But this one was fun and a good movie. And for this genre, that could be kind of rare. So... Giving it the A, good job all around. And it's not the only A I think I'll give uh, Paramount Plus films if we're able to cover them. I just want to shout out Paramount Plus once again. I hope 2023 brings more films as well. I hope it's not one of these things, hey, we tried it, it didn't work. But they made some solid choices on the teen movies in 2022. And we're we're better off for it as a podcast. (laughs) All right, another favorite question of mine. Movie theme sleeping bag Island, what's your honor society sleeping bag look like okay so the first note i wrote was um in honor if you will of kennedy <laughs> and with like a period accurate like 19th century garment style then i was like no that's not gonna be comfortable so instead i want to pull a bit of a michael and the outside of the sleeping bag is let's say very humble looking. It doesn't look like much. You know, there's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's just, you know, bare bones, if you will. But then on the inside, when you get in it, is like super luxe, so comfortable. Ooh. So it, it plays a little bit with the high-low thing. And not that not that I endorse any of Michael's exploitation of of um class in his life, but um, just theme thematically something that, you know, so that maybe this way, like it's in your basement or attic. I don't know where you keep sleeping bags, but like no one else will pick it first. Right. Because it just looks like the bare necessity sleeping bag, but on the inside, it's like the most comfy, cozy, warm, amazing feeling sleeping bag. 
That's a good one. That's a good one. I am. I went super simple. I couldn't think of one for this one. So I just want like a wood. It looks wood panel sleeping bag, like the deck that the dad's building. Whatever. I mean, I would get a sleeping bag that looked like that. I love that. No, that's fantastic. (laughs) All right. This, I I keep saying it's my favorite question, but this is always my favorite question. question. (laughs) Rent two movies, get one free. Eisenware at the magical blockbuster in the sky. That is every movie that has ever existed up until this point. We know that we are renting the physical copy somehow of Honor Society, but we see a sign when we get to that uh, front desk, if you will, the counter, and it says, rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Aislinn, you and I, let's go back. Let's both grab two other movies that we would watch and recommend in a triple feature with Honor Society. What two other films would you pair with this one? Okay. So my first, well, my both, both of them are inspired by the voiceover of the Honor character. So that is where it is my turn to pick Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. Thinking, you know, thematically about that, that device in a teen film used very differently, but still. And then the other one, um, because I wanted another like empowered female voice movie and made me think of like logistics and schemes and manipulation and getting out on top. And so I... The other movie I'm going to pair with this is Ocean's 8. Oh, cool. I didn't expect that one. I zagged on you. Love the zag there. That's a great feature. <laughs> Which I think is kind of a fun fun thruple, if you will. <laughs> I love it. What, what about you? So my two recommendations. The first one um, was Juno. Oh, it's been a minute. I thought there was a lot of similarities uh, in Juno and this film. Some of them not the best ones in terms of adults maybe manipulating kids. That makes it sound really bad. But uh, also like characters that you think are your ally and you know, not being your ally. However, however, just to echo your point, I think a, a strong teen girl coming on top is also what Juno is about. Uh, a strong voice, so... Uh, that's why that was my first pick. And my second pick also involves a, a strong young woman. And the film is The Edge of Seventeen, one of my favorite uh, teen films there. And yeah, I think those three would pair well together. Nicely done. That sounds like a great little movie marathon. I think we had some great recommendations today. I hope we did justice to Honor Society. I, I think we did. We really slapped on the praise. Because again, it's, it's so breezy too. Uh, if you're out there and... Maybe you don't believe us. Maybe you do. It's 90 minutes of your time. Pop in the Paramount Plus and, <laughs> and just watch it because I, I think you'll enjoy it if you're a fan of this show or, or even just an eager listener. Um, check it out. Sorry, that, this is just for you. That made me think like instead of like certified fresh you could have like a slumber party certified oh yeah sticker, and then you could make physical stickers i know someone who does the tech side of a sticker company and can get uh free stickers so uh i think sort of sleep sleepover certified would be an awesome way to talk about these movies oh yeah we gotta adapt that idea see this is the beauty of doing a podcast over years sometimes the good ideas you know Come years down the road, and that's a great It'd one. It'd take a minute to percolate. <laughs> I love that idea. Wow. So this is this is why, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. Like, that's 
a great way to end on a positive idea, right? Like the characters in the film ended in the, most of them in a good place. Let's end in a good place. Island. Anything you want to plug or, or say before we go? No, just um, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk through Honor Society. I am on Instagram at Island Ruth and all my podcasting adventures are on cageclub.me um, where you can find all the great Cage Club podcasts. And I just want to give a round of applause to you, Island, for sharing a high school slumber party AP story the other day. <laughs> Successfully sharing it and sharing it only once. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Grandma's uh, learning. Follow my Twitter at OHMY Rodriguez. I don't tweet much, but just follow the shows. And thanks again for listening.